You're listening to the Ape for Comics podcast, sponsored by StashMyComics.com and our local comic book shop in Roanoke, Virginia, BNDComics.com. And now, here's your hosts, Matt Barrett and Neil Rickman. Hello, people. You are listening to the Ape for Comics podcast, episode 15. I'm your host, Matt Barrett, and with me is my faithful compadre, that's me, Neil Rickman. Neil Rickman, it's him. <laughs> and I'm, wait, Neil Rickman. That's Neil better. Rickman, recovering from a headache because he's been painting all day. Hey, you know, abs. You paint, you get headaches. It's not like I'm drawing awesome comics all day. I wonder what kind of headaches they get. Yeah. You're not supposed to actually eat the paint chips, Neil. So. Well, that's well, I don't want to do it. <laughs> and that's what I came to do. And yeah. <laughs> well, we came here to, to do what we do every week, and that's talk about comic books. Neil had a particularly good week. I didn't even get to pick up my books, so I'm sad. But uh, I'm happy for Neil. <laughs> now you—that's like, oh, I'm happy for Aww. you, though, Neil. Way to go! <laughs> pick up your books. <laughs> I didn't get to pick mine up, but no, good for Neil. Um. Neil lives near the comic book shop. I do not. I don't live near as near as I'd like. I'm not like a street over. <laughs> You'd like to live in the basement. But, I, but I'm in the same city. Right. Um, as to where you're, what, what, 40 miles maybe out? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, I didn't. Um, I did not get a chance. It's quite the trek. Um, I have read some stuff though, so we'll we'll touch on that. But. Um, Everything was so strong this week, the week of, uh, what, what was the exact day of Wednesday this week? I'm looking, I'm looking. Uh, that uh, was the 28th, 28th of uh, August. And I tell you what, everything's really vying for the dollar. Uh, I'm at a point where the first two uh, tie-ins for Infinity came out. Okay. Um, which is, you know, the big Marvel cosmic hoopla right and new avengers and avengers are were said to heavily be tied into this and they're they're definitely not as throwaway as you would think something would be okay um i mean when i say that i'm comparing it to avengers versus x-men which the issues were all hit or miss um as far as that goes yeah and it was it was just a very i i guess some of the issues were very strong. With this, I'm getting they tie in directly, and that's that's really it's you don't feel like you're throwing away three ninety nine, right? You, you feel like you're definitely getting a good meaty part of the story with each of these, and I, and I would recommend buying those actually if you're going to be in for the Infinity ride, as it were, and I might recommend only buying those. Okay. Uh, I really think that if you're wanting to get the story, all you need is the main mini and the new Avengers and Avengers for those issues. Right. Um, the other ones might be fun if there's certain characters you're wondering about, but uh, honestly, this is a cosmic ride that I don't think uh, too many folks outside of that, that stream you should really be concerned with. Okay. So, yeah, I know there there's going to be a slight crossover. We mentioned this with Thunderbolts, and I will be picking that up, but... Um, not just for the event, more because I'm just wanting to 
pick that book up again since our good buddy, I say, Charles Soule is writing it. And it's been decent since he's been back on it. So I'll let you know how that goes because you're not picking that one up. Not yet. Um, and yeah, I probably will leave that into your capable hands and judging because <laughs> my list is, it's like a yeasty bread. Yeah. There you go with my analogy because I'm so <laughs> awesome at those, a yeasty bread that's rising. Well, um, <laughs> I'm, you know, one thing I'm glad about with this event and I'm, I'm not on board like you are, but I, I, I'm, I'm tempted to, to, to be so as you've been selling it to me. Um, but I like that there's a big baddie, uh, bad guys, so to speak, and not more of this sort of inner fighting, inner turmoil that really, frankly, both of the big two have done as of late. You know, a lot of inner fighting amongst themselves as their big events. It's nice to have a, a solid villain again. It is. And not only that, but having him bring in some of these other, uh, some new, some of the newer villains he's brought with him this time. It just, yeah, it's a sense of dread that I think has been missing from certain things as far as, okay, enough of the infighting. Let's actually have bad guy versus good guy for once. Yeah. Uh, as it would seem more normal in most things, but with the big crossovers of late, it has been a lot of infighting. You go Civil War and Avengers versus X-Men. I don't know how Age of Ultron played out. I stayed away from it for the most part. Um, on a sidetrack note here, what I'm most excited about this week is uh, Jason Aaron is turning uh, out to be one of my favorite writers of all time. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's period. Uh, his work on Wolverine and the X-Men, he just wrapped up a big uh, a big arc with the, the Hellfire Saga, and it leads into something that's coming up that I'm very excited about. I'm not going to say anything other than that, but if you're, you're an old-school X-Men fan... Or just, you know, if you just like mutants and things flying out of control, uh, you don't have to be a Wolverine fan to pick up Wolverine the X-Men. Yes, they put his name in front of it. But I'll say this. I like Professor Logan. You know, there's different Wolverines that you get, and I haven't been, like, the hugest fan of a lot of them, but Professor Logan's grown on me, and it's all Jason Aaron's fault. <laughs> um, it's just... I like the side of him that's willing to do whatever he can to uh, to, to help the mutant youth. That's always been a strong uh, suit for me when it comes to Wolverine. He's always picked up the youthful sidekick uh, or, you know, watched out for the young. And I thought that was neat. Yeah. So. Yeah, no, it's a good title. And it was when he tries to be too hardcore and gritty. That's when I kind of lose it. But yeah. Um, yeah. Which a lot of people, that's the side they love. That's the big thing for Wolverine. Sure. Um, we like the teddy bear Wolverine. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, the, yes. The gentle and fatherly figure Wolverine. And not and and to his other book that I'm really into, uh, Thor, God of Thunder, has been outstanding as well. And if you haven't done so, if you haven't jumped on and you, uh, you've been a th fan of Thor at all, or if you just want to uh, say you've watched the movies and you haven't picked up a Thor comic, you know, and you were like, wow, Thor's really awesome in Avengers or in his own movie. Right. Thor number 12, Thor God of Thunder number 12 specifically, is an excellent book to pick up. So this is a good jumping on point. I, you know, I don't want to know. I don't even know if I want to. Maybe, I guess. 
it kind of is. Is is the god the whole god killer thing uh, angle over? It at is. This point? The okay. only reason I say this isn't a good jumping on point per se, it is and it isn't. It is if you want to see exactly why Thor even cares about this mud ball we live on. Right. It really delves into who he is as a god of thunder, as an avenger, as this, you know, awesome being who's walking around or flying around on the earth. And uh, it really touches into that. The only reason it wouldn't be a good jumping on point is it gives you the perspective of uh, three different Thors. And that all ties into the beginning uh, of the uh, Marvel Now series uh, because a lot of the new Marvel Now stuff that Jason Aaron started with God of Thunder number one, it tied into a Thor of the past, the present day Thor, and then future Thor. And some folks might be thrown off because they kind of visit each of them in here, but it's all about really how he's tied to Earth, uh, Midgard, as it were. Okay. So, I, I mean, I, I guess I would very much say it is a good jumping on point. It might confuse folks that have never picked up a comic before, but if you're like steeped in comic, you'll probably flow right into it. Cool. No, there's no reverse Thor or anything like this. No, okay. I. I, as much as a Flash fan as I am, I have never liked that stupid you don't reverse, like reverse Flash. Flash. Oh, I love him. Uh, <laughs> it's uh, it's just you know the only thing that gets away with that that reverse or that evil twin thing is Bizarro. Right. But for me, that's just me. Like I'm like okay, Bizarro, that's different enough. Sure, why not? <laughs> um, because he's not outright evil. He just kind of I don't know what he is. He's Bizarro. He's Bizarro. Reverse Flash is like, he tries a little too hard to be the villain that wants to make you a better hero. Right. And, and it... Eh. <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm a big fan of the rogues, and I guess that's why I'm not a big fan of Reverse Flash. Well, I'm, I'm going to force, force this into a segue. This is a bad segue. Uh-oh. News Flash. That's what we're going to do is go into the news... <laughs> Newsflash, James Spader is going to play Ultron in the Avengers, the second movie. Robert California. Yes. From oh the office, my gosh. He was well also as, in Pretty in Pink. Yes, Pretty in Pink. Uh, <laughs> lots of different things. Lots of Boston, different... Boston Legal, Stargate. <laughs> yeah. Apparently Seinfeld, which I'm not recalling, but sure, why not? Uh yeah, I, it's pretty fantastic, I guess. <laughs> uh, and of course, less than zero. Um, Is it a weird fit for you? I don't know who I would... You know, that's one of those characters I don't have anybody set aside for. I think, obviously, this has a lot to do with his relationship with Robert Downey Jr. Um, I guess, yeah. I mean, they were, they've been in lots of things together. Less than zero comes to mind. But... Uh, and I'm assuming Robert Downey Jr. has quite a bit of pull at this point, so I don't... Is he just the voice, or what? what's... Isn't Ultron <laughs> just a robot? I mean, <laughs> I don't I, know. I'm dying and where hoping for, like, an office reunion where they figured out that <laughs> he was really Ultron. Ultron? <laughs> Rob, yeah. Robert California is really Ultron. Yeah. And to see how Dwight Schrute would react to that. <laughs> I'm sure 
I mean, he's a great, he plays a great, like, just jerk. So I, I can see it from that angle. I just don't know how this whole thing's playing out. Is he just the voice of, of the big Ultron robot, or is he more human, like a humanoid? I don't know. I'm just wondering if jerk can translate into all-powerful world universe conquering robot. Yeah. I don't <laughs> So, um, yeah, I don't know. It's a weird fit for me. Uh, but here's the thing. I, he seems to have, you know, a pretty good set of acting chops. Oh, yeah. And I think it'll come through. I mean, I just – I and Whedon we trust. I don't think Whedon would let it be bad. Yeah. I don't. That sounds kind of – I mean, everybody has a weird movie from time to time or a bad sure. one even, so I don't know. Yeah, this this only stands, I think, to be successful. So we'll just let it go at that. Well, yeah, I definitely. I just I find it such a weird fit after Robert California. <laughs> yeah, and he's fifty three. He, he's a little bit older than I had imagined. I guess. Uh, I'm guessing a lot of voice work on this. Yeah. I guess the, they saw something in him. I don't know how they choose something like that if they, you know. I was wondering how they chose Rocket Raccoon's voice. If they like took voice clips from various movies and and put like sort of a computerized Rocket Raccoon over it and let them sort of filter the voice through Rocket Raccoon, you know? There's got to be tryouts. I yeah. would hope that there's tryouts for something like this. <laughs> I don't know. Like you said, it might be all in who you know. Yeah. But in my imaginary world, I'm hoping there's tryouts where people are like. Man, I'm gonna be Ultron. You better, you know, step up. And they're yeah. talking to each other in a waiting room, <laughs> and there's like people threatening each other about this role. Right. That competitiveness that brings such a great acting portrayal of a character would be great. But, uh, you know, who knows? Yeah. So. And then, <laughs> what was the other news that we were gonna talk about? Oh, the, the Catwoman 23. There's not a lot of news going on, so we'll just mention this because it was at the top of my head, but. Catwoman 23, I haven't been reading Catwoman pretty much since Judge, Judd Winnick uh, fell off there, and there's going to be a surprise guest at the end of that book. If you guys haven't heard, spoilers, shut your ears, it's the Joker's daughter. <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> but it's, it's a big deal. I, it it's is... such a big deal that I picked okay. it up, I told B&D, I said, hey... Set aside a copy for me just in case this is worth some kind of money. And apparently it's already going to like a second printing. So, First off, the Joker having a kid is creepier than 99% of anything I've ever read in a comic. Yeah, and who's the mother? I don't even yeah. know the history who's, of this. Maybe he just hatched her, but listen. <laughs> I mean, or maybe she has nothing to do with him at all. I, I read a little bit of the... Uh, pre-52 convoluted backstory of this character. Right. And I don't know how it's going to end up in the new 52. But regardless, the only way this works for me or will ever work for me, him having a daughter, is if this daughter was a very much normal, disinterested party. Right. Like, <laughs> kind of like Scott Evil when it comes to the Austin Powers Dr. Evil. Right. How Seth Green was just kind of like this normal kid of Dr. Evil. <laughs> And would just make kind of offhandedly make fun of his father and was one of the only people that could get away with it and not be killed. Right. Like, I would enjoy seeing that play out. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, wow, really, Dad? 
a joy buzzer, an acid in your some acid in your flower there, all that that's original. Right. <laughs> just <laughs> like really challenging the Joker to come up with a new, you know, some new material or something. Yeah. Like, oh wow, the clown thing again. That's a we keep doing this. <laughs> <laughs> it it says more to the powerful nature of the Joker's character that, that people care so much, you know, about a character like this. And I, I wonder if now that they sort of have a clean slate to work with, if they're not going to somehow, instead of have her just be some kind of psychotic girl that claims to be, uh, you know, various um, spawns of different villains that she might actually be some kind of uh, blood relation to the Joker. Yeah. It's weird. Like I, I got that from her, her pre 52 background that she claimed to be the daughter of lots of different people. Yeah. And I can deal with her being disinterested to them, too. Right. <laughs> just kind of knocking them. Like, oh, we're going to... Are you, are you seriously dressed like the cat again? Is that, <laughs> that really... Oh, and you with the, the two faces and the flipping of the coin. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so, I don't it, know. It would Maybe. It'd be interesting if they somehow tied this in to, to Batman or, you know, Joker having some sort of relationship with somebody in Batman's life, you know, to have this daughter or, you know, something like that, that might could be interesting. It would be. But either way, I, it's just really a cheap way for them to sell a lot of Catwoman issues. And they got me, too. Well, and, I, and I'll say this. Now, Damien came out, and I wasn't sure what to expect. When Damien actually, you know, when Batman had an actual biological kid, right? I really was, you know, on guard with it. And it turned out to be a very interesting spin. Yeah. And I enjoyed it. I know you did as well. Sure. So this could be very much the same thing that I just don't know that they'll put the kind of energy they need to and <clears throat> something like that. I And and when they don't, it just ends up as a throw. It, it, I don't know. I'm on yeah. guard, I guess. Yeah, time will tell. And it's DC right now. And DC, I'm very much on guard with right now anyway. Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll, touch, we'll touch a little bit into this as we... Uh, go into sort of our next segment of books we've been reading. And I did want to touch on a little bit of DC because I got a little bit caught up with Justice League of America. I haven't gotten quite to the last two issues, but they had a tremendous 99 cent sale and uh, this was on Comixology, and I was just like, well, I can pick up issues four and five, you know, for 99 cents a piece. I have one, two, and three. So I picked those up, and, and that's a series I I very much enjoy, but like you, I'm so on guard with DC, I'm hesitant to, like, you know, dive right in and go into this whole Trinity thing. And How did it end up? I, I liked, I mean, like I said, I, I bought the first three and I liked them. I didn't pick up four and five, more of just out of, oh, it, it wasn't at the shop. I'm not going to go out of my way to track them down kind of thing. But I, I definitely like what Jeff Johns is doing. Uh, it is a book I would consider putting on a poll list. But now that it's kind of getting into the Trinity War thing, I don't know that I want to uh, spend that much time in that universe. But I very much like the concept of an alternate justice league sort of a justice league that is under the thumb of the government and has to do what the government says and is this protection against 
the quote-unquote dangerous other Justice League, which is kind of the premise of the book. Right. Now, this goes back to what we were just touching, well, that I was talking about with the Avengers vs. X-Men, the Civil War. Mm-hmm. There's infighting again with the heroes. Right, exactly. And most people know this leads into a villain's month somehow. Yeah. Um, and I that's the thing, like... And Justice League of America, I I had had, had it on my I had had it on my pool list as mm-hmm. I talk faster than Reverse Flash, <laughs> um, so so and and it wasn't that I didn't drop it because it was bad. It was just one of those that it was early on, and I looked at making some cuts. So yeah. it, since it was so early, I didn't feel as bad dropping it. Correct. Um, but now I kind of do because I I hear great things about it. I don't want to get tied up in a Trinity War because it's more infighting with heroes. Yeah, I'm kind of dreading Villains Month, even though I've I've signed up for you know quite a few of those, not a whole bunch, but some of my favorite villains. I want to see how they're treated with that whole Villains Month deal. Yeah. Um, but it's uh, I hear good thing. I hear good her good things. I can't even yeah. speak tonight. It's all the paint <laughs> chips. But but um. Yeah, I mean, if if you're a fan of the fringe Justice League characters that you're not getting with this new Justice League, obviously because it's just the core favorites, um, this is definitely the book for you. They they even find a way to shoehorn you know Catwoman in there and have her make sense. So, um, you know, and Vibe is not completely annoying, which I thought he would be, and I like Martian Manhunter quite a bit. So. Uh, he, I like what Jeff Johns is doing. I typically have shied away from a lot of his stuff, not because I don't think he's good, but I got burned on a lot of his stuff that being very short and vague. And um, this is a lot more dense of a book, and you get a lot of interaction between um, uh, Waller and uh, Wonder Woman's boyfriend there, Steve. What's his name? Uh, <laughs> yeah, Steve. Steve, oh, I can't think of his name, but yeah. Th- I he's wanted always to say Steve. Steve Rogers, and I was like, nope. <laughs> Guy I don't like Steve Rogers, no. But you wow. know what I mean. It, um, Jeff Johns can be hit or miss, and, and this is definitely a hit for me in terms of stuff that he's writing. And I love David Finch's art, so solid DC book. If you're looking for, if you're if you've been burned out on DC like we have been and you can't find anything to read, this is definitely one that you could... Pick up with confidence, I think. How's the Manhunter doing in that book? Is he? He's written pretty dark, which is kind of interesting. He's, um, he's very much more powerful, I think, than he has been in years. Um, they're very much worried about. He's kind of in control in this situation. He does whatever he wants to do because he can manipulate minds, and um, they've shown a lot of. Uh, darkness and sadness you know with the backstory of this character and and i really like what he's doing with them so that that's him and and catwoman are kind of big reasons why i'm on this book nice at all so i um i was you know i i recently uh put in orders for uh at bnd i put in some orders for was it uh was it demon knights is yeah is is I think that one's is it an ending or it did it was okay. can, they canceled it but it's two trades now yeah it's supposed to be really really good and so yeah I'd heard that and I'm wondering you know if he if Etrigan ends up being like a solid 
uh, ever ends up being a solid mainstay in like Justice League Dark, that would make me pick that title up because I'm very interested in that character. Yeah, it's it's, um, it's funny you mention that because there are rumors sort of loosely circling around about a, uh, a Justice League Dark movie. Um, there's some interest in that property. And, and I would Ed, just like Etrigan see... and Swamp Thing are, are some names thrown around to be in that, along with, of course, you know, John Constantine and Zatanna. I, I'd very much like to see uh, Gilmore <laughs> Del Toro. I can never say his name right, unfortunately. Yeah, I think he's the one that's that's uh, interested in it. I believe. And, I, and that's I'd, I'd very much like to see him just do a solid solo movie for Etrigan. Oh yeah, <laughs> just rhyming <laughs> with, the entire movie. With all the weird creatures and things, you know, just kind of like to see Etrigan walking through hell or or what have you, and see the weird <laughs> stuff that would come up because of this imagination on this guy. Yeah. So uh, that'd be a neat movie to see. Swamp Thing, for that matter, would be an amazing movie to see done by him. Yeah, they solo. really need to do, uh, to do that character right, movie wise. And see, that's I think he could do that, and I'm really worried about trying to throw. These are complicated characters. Mm-hmm. Like in the in the just, yeah, I know. I'm sorry, I've jumped subjects. That's right. Over to Justice League Dark here, but those are complicated characters. Yeah, uh, and they're trying to throw them all in a movie all together, just right out of the gate. Yeah, and that that's a little worrisome. I I think you could, <clears throat> excuse me, do a John Constantine movie uh, on its own. <clears throat> to sort of start that thing out if they're going to start building that world. Or would they use the Keanu Reeves, Constantine? <laughs> oh, gosh. Hope not. <laughs> Some folks really dug it, and uh, I don't know how I feel about it, besides I don't really think it's what I wanted. I, I need to go... I need to watch it, because at the time that came out, I wasn't even reading anything, and it's it's one of those movies sort of along with Steel and other bad comic book movies that I have yet to to watch. Maybe we should uh, make that a project and kind of report on what we thought about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, that'd be kind of fun. Yeah, I've never said I've seen parts of it, never been all the way through it, and it wasn't because it outright turned me, you know, away. But yeah. I always seemed to be a little disinterested at the time, or I was scared to where it was going. Maybe, but we'll see. Yeah, Justice League Dark is another book that it was one of my favorites when they came out of the gate, and then. It got to a point where they were switching characters in and out so much. Like I liked the fact that Shade the Changing Man was in it, even though a lot of people thought he was really bizarre and weird. And then he kind of ducked out, and they brought somebody else in, and then they brought you know somebody else out, and then somebody from I Vampire comes in, and it was just too much uh, switching for me early on. And that's ultimately why I dropped that book. Was just uh, and now Frankenstein's in it, which I loved. Uh, some of the Frankenstein Agents of Shade stuff, so I'm tempted. <laughs> yeah, I I've been very tempted on both of those titles, but uh, Demon Knight, <laughs> I call it Demon Knight, Demon Knights. I don't, I'm not sure how because I get it. There's the Tales from the Crypt Demon Knight, and then yeah. there's Demon Knight, <laughs> and I'm like, what is it the same? What's happening in my head? But <laughs> the book with Etrigan that I'm going to be reading. <laughs> um, <laughs> I want to call it Blood of the Demon, which came out a while ago, pre-52. But, yeah. uh, you know, I wish that in a dark... I think a dark Justice League would very much work if you took the popular, like, Frankenstein. Right. If you took uh, Etrigan. If you took the popular... Constantine. 
but they they have those off the cuff weird guys that some of us like, but maybe aren't going to draw the attention to hold the book. Yeah, definitely. And I almost think they should have started out with those mainstays, those really, those darker characters that, while not ultra popular, still have more popularity than, let's say, Shade. Mm-hmm. And then you could bring in someone like Shade, like, yeah. and bring them in and and try to get people to like them. You know, did, did you happen to catch the Shade, the Changing Man short? That the DC Nation did? No. Uh, it's pretty awesome. It was just a couple minutes, uh, sort of, you know, if you've seen, and if you've seen the DC, the DC. Yeah, it's running off. Uh, for you, too. The DC shorts, and this particular one focused on Shade the Changing Man, and it was just a couple minutes animation sort of explaining, you know, what he did, and essentially he sees uh, madness sort of coming off of other people, and he fights the demons or the dark things or what have you that's that manifest themselves out of people's minds really weird but uh they did a fantastic job sort of getting sorting getting to know what his powers are and exactly what he does however bizarre they may be yeah and i always thought that was tough like i never really quite understood him i'll be honest because when i started reading about him it was was it a vertigo thing at that time <sighs> I'm trying to think of exactly. It was in, was it? It was Flashpoint stuff, I think. Okay. When it was the Secret Seven or something. Well, you remember when the Secret Six title had changed because right. of that Flashpoint stuff. Yeah, and it was Secret Seven. And then I was like, "Who is this guy?" And it really confused me. <laughs> and it was really probably a bad time to try and learn about him because I don't think it was done right. Yeah. So I'd be interested in seeing. Uh, you know, something done correctly for him. Sure. So. Well, let's move on from DC and go into Marvel, and you can chat a little bit about, uh, you know, well, we, we touched on it a little bit earlier, but let's get a little more in-depth as into why uh, you, you're you such a fan of Jason Aaron's. What is it about Jason Aaron's uh, writing and the way he handles characters that, that make you uh, want to pick everything he writes up? All right, Not yeah, um, Wolverine and the X-Men 35, I don't know if I gave the number the first time. Uh, both of these titles uh, this week and other times during the run have touched heartstrings with me. They've really evoked emotions, which mm-hmm. uh, for comics these days is a very tough thing to do, I think. Yeah. And Jason Aaron really knows how to pull your strings. He really knows how to draw you into a story and make you care about the characters he's writing about. And to uh, also let you know this is what you came for. This is the adventure, the excitement, the drama, the comedy, everything. He really packs it all into his books. Uh, You know, as far as Wolverine and the X-Men, you're getting a lot of the newer mutants, new power sets, and they don't feel like throwaway characters. You know, some characters you bring out, oh, more new mutants, who cares, right? Yeah. They come out. He really makes you go, wow, these are cool, like, interesting new characters that I really think are going to be around for a while. And I get to see them in their youth growing up and having to deal with all of this in Wolverine school. Yeah. <laughs> Which, again, Professor Logan sounds so awkward, but it works for me now that I've read 35 issues of this. Um. And this leads into something very exciting. I cannot spoil this, but I'm just going to say that Wolverine the X-Men 35, while maybe not a great jumping, starting on you know point, um, is almost worth picking up for 
the ending. Okay. Um, if you haven't, re- I mean, it's it's a great book. Period. If you read it, it's just not really good to jump in at the end of a an arc. Right. You know, but it what it's leading into is going to be fantastic. I think. Um, his I'm glad he's handling what it's leading into, and that's all I'll say about that. Um, and I'll say this: the artists, while are not my favorite, it's one of those books that the story t- totally carries it. Yeah, like it's not terrible art, but it's not some of my favorites. But the story, you know, the words, the writing—I mean, it just carries it. Yeah. Um, he and he then does it, a good job of of taking, and I I'm no I'm uh, touching on this based upon my experiences with him uh, when he had his Hulk run that I really liked, and then. I was on board with you for a while uh, with some of the Wolverine and the X-Men, particularly the the carnival stuff that, that sort of run there with the Frankenstein. I don't remember what the name of that storyline was. You know what I'm talking about? I know what you're talking about. I don't remember yeah. the storyline either, but yeah, it was a weird carnival yeah. uh, deal, and it kind of tied in with one of the uh, the Hellfire Kids right. uh, backgrounds. It was really weird. Yeah, he does a great job of taking sort of an absurd concept and – making it fun but like you said touching on character moments and building up characters and making you care about characters and and that's kind of a a a tricky balance uh, to run i think some other people that do that well sometimes can be great pack and um but people with these really big imaginations they're able to take these strange and odd stories and and make them really matter to you as a reader and with aaron um i'm a metalhead I love heavy metal, and of course, I think he does too. If you've read any of his interviews or just his columns, he's into metal. He writes Thor, listening to like uh, Aim on a Wrath, bands like that. I mean, I can hear Mastodon playing when I'm reading Thor. (laughs) I mean, I'm not even—I don't even have it on, and I could just hear it going on as Thor Thor is smashing, (laughs) is smashing, uh, you know, faces with the Mjolnir, and. that book in particular, he captures, he captures Thor so well. Um, it's almost like he was for me. I feel like he was almost born to write Thor. Right. With his metal mentality, it's a very Viking thing. I get, you yeah. know, which he writes about Vikings. He writes about the younger Thor, always visiting with Vikings um, and how much they, you know, thought of Thor. He writes about Thor on uh, Midgard and present day and how. He cares so much about our world and why. Right. And I I don't want to spoil anything, but um, in the the past uh, Thor, it's in Iceland, 893 A.D., mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> a, a lady who is scantily clad asks him, why come down out of heaven to land on <laughs> – to a land of mud and dung? And he, <laughs> and he replies, look around you, woman – your weather is harsh, your people harsher, your liquors crude and bitter, your oceans and forests filled with beasts that would eat you. You fight amongst yourselves for the most petty of reasons, fornicate like brazen animals, pillage and defile every new land you discover. In other words, how could I ever stay away? Right. <laughs> I mean, and it, it's just, I mean, look at that, the in spirit, and that's a younger Thor talking, granted. Right. That's, you know, you get a sense of his... Um, he was very prideful back in those days mm-hmm. and he did like warring and, and fighting and just, you know, just kind of 
throwing around so much of the power he had as the god of thunder right. back then. And then, but you get a sense of how, um, and I'm not going to read any more excerpts. I don't want to ruin anything else. Um, I'll just say that issue number 12 is an issue that you should run out and pick up and right now. Hmm. But um, you see him coming of age in our world throughout this one comic. This issue 12, he covers it. I mean, you really, you see him as present day Thor, and then they even skip ahead to future Thor, King Thor, you know, when you know, beyond uh, when Odin was in power. Right. So it's, it's, uh, it's truly a journey you go on and even just that one story. So, hmm. and if you heard that noise, that was one of my cats trying some parkour that's and failing. Cause I have one that's, <laughs> that's trying to jump up uh, in like behind my television, which is annoying. Oh, you know, we have cat it, problems. Well, I, I love them. They're just uh, <laughs> trying to get my... You know how they are. Anybody yeah. with cats knows that when you're not paying attention, they're going to try and get your attention. Oh, yeah. Anything <laughs> they can do. Sure. And if you wanted to pet the cat, they would look at you like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> so that's just how a cat is. Oh, yeah. Um, But, yeah, I I can't speak enough to it. I mean, I, I even read Thanos Rising, and while it's not some of his strongest work, it was very solid. And he really uh, delved into the mind of a younger Thanos and takes you on a journey all the way to present-day Thanos. And while the younger Thanos stuff was kind of weird, it was his, yeah. when, when he brought him into now, it, the story really started catching its legs in the latter issues of him being an older Thanos. I think he just found a tough time catching the voice of a young Thanos. I mean, who can do that? That's a really weird situation. You know what the young Thanos reminded me of? It's very much like the Grinch, uh, the, the Jim Carrey Grinch. You know, that's a very good analogy. Yes. Yeah, he just uh, kind of stuck out like a sore thumb, and they're like, "Oh, why do you look so weird?" And it really it made him to angry. Me, um, he really drew from like a young Norman Bates. Yeah. <clears throat> um, and almost, uh, it almost had a Hannibal Lecter feeling to it. Mm-hmm. And I could I could see what he was trying to do there. It just was weird with this cosmic, all-powered being to try and go back to his younger self. And it was kind of like Wonder Years starring Thanos. <laughs> it was really weird. Now the I don't if you guys haven't read this um, Thanos Rising within the book. There's a, a very strong female character that kind of eggs him on and and sort of helps facilitate his his growing madness, but. Neil, you might know the answer to this. Does she wind up being uh, the mother of Gamora, or um, from you know? what I can gather uh, and what I've got? It's a big spoiler if I say anything. Oh, okay, it, it's pretty huge. Um, this this girl who's egging him on the whole time. Uh, <laughs> when does that reveal itself? At the end of Thanos Rising, or or more recently in the Infinity you, Title? You would start getting the hint. Uh, it's all it, it's all self-contained in Thanos Rising. Okay, it's all there. Um, it's a self-contained story to try and build this origin for Thanos. Right, and I think it does a fairly good job. It wasn't perfect. It wasn't a. I wouldn't say you have to go out and read this unless you're an absolute fan of Thanos. And then it's at least worth checking out so you can you can see where you might disagree with it and maybe where you agree with it. Yeah. 
Um, but I don't think it was perfect. I just think that for me, it would be a weird, I don't know who would be good at writing that. I don't know that I almost think that it might've been one of those things better left unexplored. Okay. Uh, because it was kind of like the origin of Wolverine. I don't think they ever should have done it. Mm. And that's my opinion. Perhaps. Well, I mean, that's I like the mystery behind some of these characters. Like, where did Thanos come from, and why is he stomping the universe? Who cares? He's doing it, and we'll never know. Right. <laughs> like, I love that. Yeah. I, I, you know, this guy. Some you, you can. It's up to your imagination. Sure. To some point where the fires this guy's come out of to make him this terrible a being. Like with Wolverine, I, I like the fact that you can explore certain old backstories because he's like this timeless guy. He's got this healing factor. He's been around forever. Right. But at the same time, I never really wanted to see him as a boy because then it ruined what maybe I'd built up in my imagination since it was all this mystery to begin with. Yeah. It's kind of hard sometimes to build an ultimate villain that you hate if they allow you to see a side of him that maybe you can sympathize with or that you feel sorry for. Yeah, it was weird. Because hmm. <laughs> you don't ever really want to be sympathetic to somebody like Thanos, but when you see him picked on as a little kid, you're just like, "Oh, poor Thanos." <laughs> uh, Itty bitty Hellboy came out this week. <laughs> oh yeah, did you get <laughs> it? Si- another sidetrack. Um, ah. yeah, nice, amazing. <laughs> Itty bitty Hellboy. Maybe we'll talk about it sometime. I just wanted to mention to you that that is pretty amazing. One, two, three. SplashMyComics.com is the leading free online interactive comic book database. Catalog your comics and track prices, character, and creator appearances. Follow the daily blog reviews, editorials, and a weekly podcast. Connect with other fans through member reviews and discussion forums. Keep abreast of site updates on Twitter at StashMyComics and find us on Facebook. StashMyComics.com, powered by Geek Energy. Nailed it. Did you pick up the... This is also a sidetrack. Well, we're sidetracking now. Yeah, we're sidetracking. That's the special feature. Neil and Matt go off on random tangents. Um, The My Little Pony uh, cover gallery thing, did you pick that up? I didn't, but I saw that my friends had picked that up. Okay. You would love... There's there's one page on there that's... Uh, a picture of I can I can't remember who the artist was that drew it. Um, I don't have it in front of me, but Optimus Prime. It's a picture of Optimus Prime holding Pinkie Pie in his hands, and she is dressed up in an Optimus Prime like costume, and he's just looking looking at her like, what the heck? <laughs> <laughs> I need to see that. I'll yeah. have to try and pick that up. Maybe you would dig it. Can... And obviously that that was done because of wow. the. IDW relationship there, but that was the only thing in there that didn't contain just sort of all My Little Pony stuff. But I think Julie would really dig that. Uh, my yeah. fiance, for you folks that might not know, and uh, I have to de- definitely try and get her a copy of that because she's not only a fan of My Little Ponies, but she's awesome enough to be a Transformers fan. So cool. That's yeah, cool. I, I picked it up for my kids, and I'm not saying I don't ever uh, read the pony stuff. I, Sometimes I will, you know, sit down on an issue with them. It's all very good, and I think it's very well done. Um, I'm not, like, the hugest fan in the world, but it definitely has merit, and uh, there's definitely... We, we Well, we met Andy Price at the, the Heroes Con, and uh, there's some good talent behind that book, and it's a big deal. 
he was a nice, nice guy too. Yeah, he was. And I'm not was familiar like, with sure, other stuff. Sure, why not? He was like done. what real cheap for sketches from this guy. Yeah. So, yeah, are, are you familiar with his background outside of the My Little Pony stuff? No, that pretty much. I mean, it pretty much is what I know him for. But I'll say this: looking at his book of what he can do, right? He can do a lot more than draw. You know, not that the art is. I would. I'd say it's a simple art form for ponies. Not that I can draw anything. But if you look at what he can do when he sits down and really wants to like go into detail. Right. You know, just ponies isn't that type of book. You're not drawing like a serious detailed horse, but Andy Price could, if he wanted to, Mm -hmm. like I saw an old Ben Kenobi that he did that I was like, Holy cow, this guy can draw amazing lifelike, even looking art. Right. And it's so weird how simplistic and I don't want to say simply animated, you know, when you go from like an animated look and then he goes into a very detailed, almost realistic, looks like it's a photo look of old Ben Kenobi. Right. The man has range. It's insane. Yeah. Just reading a little bit on his uh, background here. He, he went to the Joe Kubert School of Cartoon and Graphic Art. And this pony stuff is pretty much sort of his first big... Uh, delve into the work he's done some other uh excuse me various uh comic related uh, licensed titles uh, quantum leap and word girl i didn't know there was a quantum leap comic that's amazing (laughs) i didn't either word girl i'm familiar with only because my kids used to watch that and my favorite uh named villain ever was on word girl and her name she was this evil villain her name was lady redundant woman (laughs) That was my favorite name for a villain ever. Wow. (laughs) That's pretty amazing. Yeah. Because I remember having to explain that to my kids. I'm like, oh, Lady Redundant Woman. They're like, what? Why? Why is that so funny? I was like, ah, it's it's great. (laughs) (laughs) I had to explain. uh, Speaking of cartoons, just real quick, Mm -hmm. uh, Netflix just put out the third season of Transformers Prime. Ah. And I don't know if you ever started watching it. But it's a good Should series. I? I think they just canceled it, and I think the third season might be it, to be honest. Hmm. Um, and it, I think the reason is is they tried to straddle the Michael Bay design right. while bringing the awesome that is Transformers instead of just having, like, not saying that I didn't like the first movie, per se, but uh, most of the Michael Bay stuff I wasn't huge on. But it kind of tried to appease old school fans and then maybe a newer generation. I think it did a great job of that. Mm-hmm. It's something that old school Transformers fans could watch with their kids now. Right. And I think they would everyone to have a good time. Hmm. But I think uh, that the majority of kids might not really care too much about Transformers these days. And I don't think that that show did what it needed to to help them care. I don't. Yeah. And I guess that's why it might have. Uh, I don't know fell through but i really thought it was amazing it's it's kind of sad because the the toys have kind of been ruined they it wasn't like when we were kids the the transformers were all at all very specific to one line and everything went worked together and went together now if you go to the toy store you see one transformer toy and you see five different you know iterations of of transformers and you know nothing works together like it used to there's multiple series and multiple different uh, scales and sizes and it's it's terrible prime is really good 
Hmm. Uh, I mean, that series, and I, and I agree with you, I wish everything could somehow align. Yeah. I wish everything wasn't split up. Um, but they've went crazy trying to appease so many different age groups, I guess, yeah. and yeah. demographics. It's just weird. But uh, I would say Prime's definitely worth a watch. Try it with your kids. See what you think. Hmm. Uh, are, are Dread's you on also on Netflix. What is? Dread. Oh, they, yeah, yeah, we mentioned that last week. That's yeah. I wasn't, I wasn't sure if we had or not. I forgot. But yeah, I, I, I mentioned I that because I want that sequel to happen. So Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Hey, are you watching the Hulk? The new Hulk cartoon? I forgot to ask you that. I, I don't get that channel. So oh, okay, that's the Disney XD, right? Yeah, eventually I think I'm gonna have to because of Disney and their their all encompassing ways. Yeah, we don't get it either. We don't get Hub. We have very very basic cable. At least when, I get Cartoon Network. When Star Wars Rebels starts coming on that channel, that's when you're gonna see me cutting corners to try and get try Disney get XD on my TV. Yeah, because Clone Wars, I really like that on Cartoon Network. Of course, it's gone now, but a lot of good talent is going to be involved in Star Wars Rebels. You've hmm. got the writer from Young Justice. You've got uh, Dave uh, Dave Filoni, who was the big director for Clone Wars. And then some other folks that I can't think... Oh, some guys that were involved with writing on uh, X-Men First Class, the movie. Oh, wow. All of these things that I'm a real big fan of, and it's all coming to the Star Wars-verse... Hmm. And, you know, all this talent that I was like, oh, wow, that that was good, that was good. So I'm hoping that means we're going to get a really fantastic show out of Star Wars Rebels. Yeah. Well, you can always buy them, you know, if, if you feel like you're spending more, uh, like tons of money just to get Disney, you know, XD and all you want is the shows, I, I believe you can just get them on iTunes as they sort of come out. That might be the way to go for me, yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, you're talking, what, two bucks an episode or something, and uh, if if you wind up paying an extra 40, 50 bucks a month just to get Disney XD, it'd definitely be worth it for you. It would. And I know you have an iPad, so... Well, it's not mine, it's my iTunes. works, but they're cool right. with me having stuff on it for when I'm at home. But right. it's, it's very important to your work health that you're happy, Neil. <laughs> if that means... Yeah. Disney XD, you know. Well, the fact that my boss was like all whispering to me, like, I've got angry birds on it. And I'm like, all right, <laughs> it's cool. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> it was a weird moment. I was like, yeah, I was going to put that on there before you whispered that, but that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> Every, that should come standard. Doesn't that come standard on these things now? should have angry livestock on your iPad always. <laughs> you can get angry birds Star Wars, which is really odd to me. I want Angry I God of Thunder. Angry, <laughs> Angry Birds Marvel characters. That, I'm sure that'll happen. Well, you should throw you throw uh, Thor with his Mjolnir through all these weird <laughs> other villains and stuff. Be great. That's like the the Scribble Knots thing we were talking about. You're the when they come out with the DC one, you're gonna get that, aren't you? Scribble Knots. Uh, it's like a uh, caped or yeah, something like that. Yeah. Uh, unmasked. I forget what they're calling it, but I want to mess around with that there's part of me that that really does it and then there's part of me it's like man you are buying too many games is it weird that they're coming out with with uh, a, a, a 2ds is that weird to you i want to 
That's just stupid. <laughs> <laughs> and it wouldn't be if they had just kept the design of the 3DS, yeah. took the 3D off of it, and then lessened the price. Yeah. That would have been cool, right? But instead, we get something that looks like a leapfrog. And it's not all that much <laughs> less expensive, is it? It's not that all that, all that less expensive, and it looks like it's going to hurt your hands. Yeah. Even more so than maybe this one does. I, my, I love my 3DS, but I will say that it's it's a little cramped. I haven't got the XL, which mm-hmm. is probably like what I should do. But then right. at that point, it becomes semi-unportable. So. Right. It becomes a mini laptop. Yeah. And the, t- the 2DS looks like a leapfrog on some kind of crank. <laughs> I, I mean, <laughs> it looks like someone tried to... That, that, thought up the power glove and thought that'd be a great way to control the game, thought this up. <laughs> I, I mean, it's awful. Oh, man. I, and that's my opinion. I hate dissing Nintendo because I love them. I love Nintendo with a passion, and I still do. I just think it's a horrible idea. Well, the Wii U's getting a price drop of like $50, so. That's exciting, and yeah. I'm still not going to be able to get one. Nope, me neither. Um, when if it they had a Blu-ray down, on there, I'd consider it. We're looking 150 buck range, I'll look at it. <laughs> And maybe a hundred we're even talking, I'll look at it, but yeah, um, you know that's just unless they start bringing some stuff to the table that I just can't live without, so that's just not me yet. Mario Kart comes out on it, then we'll start talking. there we go, yeah, that would be tremendous. That's always what sells me on their system is Mario Kart. It's the same yeah. game <laughs> it's always just, but I can't help but play I'm like, oh, it's a new Mario Kart this one's <laughs> this one's gonna be. Different. The same, but I don't care. It's Mario Kart. <laughs> so. It's a good game. Well, as you can tell, we've sort of skipped on the special feature tonight. We just, we kind of had a lot to cover and kind of had to throw this show together at the last minute. So. That's uh, my next, fault. I was eating paint chips. Yeah, eating paint chips. And well, we've been busy. So, but we wanted to continue our streak of three in a row uh, per week. So, yay, we're doing it every week. Fantabulous. Thank happen. you all for listening so much. Yep. And of course, we want to thank StashMyComics.com and uh, B&D Comics, our local comic book shop, for being our sponsors. Can and, we, yeah. can I get like a, we should have like Ape for Comic Day where we all dress like apes and go into B&D. Oh, we totally should. Or we could do that <laughs> at the next, uh, Little tiny Roanoke show <laughs> and pass out flyers or whatever. It's going to be a very hot day. Yeah, really. No, a really cold day would be great. And we'd be warm in our ape suits. Well, you've worn one before. How much How much are we talking about here? How much money are I for, we talking I forget. I don't know if they're going to let me rent one again. <laughs> I ran a relay for life in one. It did not end well. It was we terrible. And I think this thing. They probably did throw it away. They might have. I returned it, and like Soaking when she wet. got a hold of it, there was this look of disappointment, <laughs> and there was a look of "don't come back in here" for quite some time, maybe ever. Oh my gosh! I mean, I I th- I didn't expect it to happen. I was younger, and I thought even less than I do now about <laughs> things when I say them or do them. They have to know people sweat in those things, though. I mean, not marathon sweat, but you know. Yeah, it was a mistake. Yeah. <laughs> I got punched by a child. It was yeah. a weird time. 
I hope you have pictures. We can put those online. I don't. There were no pictures taken of that night. Mm. And I don't know. Some part of me is a little saddened by that, but also a little grateful. Well, we'll <laughs> have to. This will have to happen again. We need to get one of us in an ape suit soon. The night I was brought low in an ape suit with a flash T-shirt over it <laughs> by a young child with a a punch directed to my unmentionables. Ouch. He didn't. I mean, that was just where the kid was at. I mean, he just right, swung. Right. He was like, ah, you must be a villain because you're an ape, which is <laughs> is scary to think that kids would try to punch an ape. But yeah, that's weird. Teach your kids not to punch at apes. Yes. Right? <laughs> Let's be nice to the apes. Because real apes, they're not going to take that. <laughs> no, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> All uh, right. Well, we'll wrap it up, and next week we'll try to have a little bit more of an organized show. We need to figure out how to swap some books here. Okay. Let's make this happen. Well, you're going to Iron Maiden and Megadeth, so you're going to be pretty busy. Um, Maybe what we should do is you tell me what book you want me to read, and I'll just download it, and vice versa. Oh, We'll try to keep it to $2.99 books. Okay. Just for do, the budget. Do you want me to tell you now or later? You can tell me later. <laughs> okay, because well, I don't know now. Okay. I don't All know right. either. Okay. I like okay, how we, we just how we decide our future shows on the fly. I think that's that's a talent that we I we think hold we're the others. average citizen in that. Yeah. I don't think <laughs> I mean there's some really well planned out geeks out there. Yeah. But not a lot. No. A lot of them just do it by the seat of their pants. That's, that's what we're doing. Yeah. Because we have lives outside of this, so that's how we do it. You do? Yeah, oh yeah. Tell me. <laughs> yeah. I have a job and a family and all kinds of stuff. Well, daggone it, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> Not me. I sit here and I wait for your call. Every Yeah, every week. <laughs> You're always shampooing your hair. <laughs> oh, man. All right. all right. You folks be good. Read a lot of comics. Uh, leave us some feedback if you want. Info at apeforcomics.com or you can go to stashmycomics.com and just comment right in the uh, little section there below our podcast. So let us know what you want to hear. Let us know what you think of the show. And we will talk to you guys next week. Right? Yes. Okay. Have a good night. <laughs> good night.